but with the heart. A man believes that he has been saved, made righteous, and with the mouth, confession, declaration is made unto salvation. That is the law of now today I'm going to be uh, talking about righteousness and self-righteousness. The difference between righteousness, the righteousness of God, and self-righteousness. Hallelujah. And where the believer is in that. Praise the Lord Jesus. So we're going to be dealing with righteousness, the doctrine of righteousness. Amen. Part of that doctrine is where we're going to make a distinction between the righteousness of God, of faith, and, and self-righteousness, along with other things. Now, what is righteousness? Hallelujah. Righteousness, there are certain words that mean the same things in the scriptures. You have righteousness, you have justification, you have justice. Amen. You have uprightness. They all mean the same things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is conformity to God's divine standard for being in good standing or right standing with him. I want you to write it down. So, it is God's standard. Amen? It's not what any man out there says. It's not what CNN says. So, righteousness is defined by God. All right? Now, good, being in good standing with a bank is determined by the bank, right? Hallelujah. Not by you. Amen? Or, or I. Praise the Lord. In other words, it is being on the right side of God's law. We be on the right side of God's law. That's what it means to be righteous. Or being on the, or like we say, being on the right side of the law. Amen. Unrighteousness is anything that does not conform or is contrary to God's standard for being in good standing or right standing with him. So if I'm doing anything and it does not conform to that standard, as far as God is concerned, I'm walking in unrighteousness. Now, there have been in, in the history of man three or two standards, three standards for righteousness. Man was created in right standing with God, so man was created righteous. In the beginning, when Adam was made, Adam was perfect. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Um, Eve was deceived, Eve, Eve fell, then Adam, because he loved Eve, fell with with. with because Adam loved Eve so much, he fell with her. Now, that was the first time. And he said, every fruit, every tree of this garden, the fruit thereof, you can eat except one. Just one. And he, both of them went for that one. How, could, how difficult could that have been? It's everything else. It's like saying, everywhere in America you can go. Everything is cool. But there's just this hotel. We don't want you to go in there. Don't go in there. 
Every time people are standing there protesting, why can't we go into this only? So she was probably, every time she goes, she looks at the tree, she looks at it, saying, "Why, why can't we eat of this fruit? And the devil was right there saying, what do you think? Doesn't it look good? I said, yeah, it looks good. And I'm sure it tastes good too. He said, but did God say you shouldn't take of it? Hallelujah. So when, when they did not conform with God's standard, they fell. And there was really no redemption at that time. But God is eternal. God knew what was going to happen. Uh, he couldn't, the best scenario was what was taken. And God had contingency plans for mankind. Amen? Hallelujah. Then there was a second condition given under the law. In Romans chapter 10 and in verse 5, the Bible says, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. The condition for right standing or being in good standing with God under the old covenant or the old testament was to keep first to be circumcised, second to keep the whole law. If you didn't keep any part of the law, you were not in right standing with God. You were not in good standing with God. You were not living in conformity with the divine order or standard. Praise God. All right? So the condition for right standing under the first testament was the fulfillment of the law of Moses, the whole law. The law by its nature stood as one. If you break one part of the law, you were considered to have broken the whole law. James chapter 2 verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, also said also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, but thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. The Bible tells us that nobody was able to keep that law. It made nothing perfect. But the Bible says also that the bringing of a better covenant based upon better promises was able to do that. Now let's go to Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's a serious statement. It means that if someone is of Israel and does not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are not saved. So the, the, the notion that if you were born a Jew, you have it made, you're God's people and all of that, is not under the New Testament accurate. From the time that the New Testament came into force, that notion came to an end. Hallelujah. We're still going to answer our question on self-righteousness and the righteousness of God. Amen.
For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, which means that it, you have to know the right thing to be able to do it. It's not enough to be zealous about something. Hallelujah. A lot of people are zealous about a lot of things, does not make it right, does not make it conform to the divine standard. Praise the Lord. Amen. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their self-righteousness their own righteousness. Self-righteousness is own righteousness. Your own or, some, or someone's definition of righteousness. And whenever that you do that, you automatically will walk away from God's divine standard. God's set standard for righteousness. So they were going about to establish their own. Now, prior to this time, that was God's standard. Keeping the law was God's standard for righteousness. But now, that law has been done away with through the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been set aside. And a new law come into force. You can imagine how it's going to be right now. CDC has, you know, thrown away all the social distancing and all of that. If you're still doing what CDC said before that they have changed, you're on your own, right? You're not keeping the law. You are doing your own thing. Is that not true? So also, when the law was abrogated, when, it was, when the, the veil of the temple was turned into two, when Jesus said, it is finished. The law of Moses and all the, all the other bylaws and, you know, statutes that had to do with the commandment came to the washings, the sacrifices under the law. All that came to an abrupt end. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to... The part of it that we, when we go to the law, what were we trying to do? The Bible said that the law was not made for the righteous, but for the lawless. So when you see us quote the law, it's because somebody was being stubborn about something. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay. So, all that law came to an end. Now, from then on, anyone who's offering pigeons, you know, killing bulls, like, you know, Solomon killed a thousand, gave a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord, right? And after that, the Lord visited him at night, gave him a big dream, asked him what he wanted, because he hadn't seen something like that from anybody. When, when, when Noah did it, Noah didn't do as much. I mean, well, he didn't have as much. So, because if he killed all the bulls he had, there'd be no bulls on the head now. So he, you know, so he, 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 Solomon did the biggest offering he had seen up to that point. 
And then the Lord appeared unto him. I said, what do you want? This stuff you're doing, what's going on? What do you want? Now, if anyone under the New Testament goes now and offers 20,000 bulls or burnt offerings, God ain't going to show up. It will be a demon that will show up. Because you're on your own. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ, talking about Jesus and the sacrifice of the cross of Calvary. It was the end. That was the last sacrifice. The Bible says that he is the spotless lamb of God. Praise God. All right? He was the lamb for the sacrifice. The real sacrifice that takes away sin. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You will come into salvation. Hallelujah. As soon as you, it says, for if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, acknowledge with your mouth, hallelujah, declare with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ or the Lordship of Jesus Christ, all right, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the condition for salvation or right standing with God under the new covenant. All right, verse 10. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession, acknowledgement, declaration is made unto salvation. For with the heart, a man believes that he has been saved, made righteous. Glory be to God. And with the mouth, confession, declaration is made. Unto salvation. That is the law of the New Testament. That is, the, that is how to conform with the conditions, condition for righteousness under the New Testament. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Second uh, Corinthians. Chapter 5. For the love of Christ, verse 14, constrained us because we thus judge that if one died for all, 
then we're all dead. Saying, if one man died in the place of all, he took the death on behalf, or he took a bullet for you. It means technically you died. It's just that somebody else took that bullet for you. Right? He went to the prison that we could have gone to or should have gone to. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Therefore, wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We knew the man of Galilee. We knew him to be a natural man. He was like everybody else. We saw him also started walking in the demonstration of God's power and all of that. And some said, he's a prophet. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he, he said unto his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And he said, some say that John the Baptist, some Elias, which is Elijah actually, the Greek, the Greek call Elijah, Elias, all right? Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? The ones, those things that men were saying, they were saying looking at the flesh of Jesus. Amen? They saw him as a prophet. He worked miracles among them and all of that. But the distinction came by the revelation that God gave to Peter. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're certain that none, none of the things happening in the world can stop the church. Uh, let me go on. I just got excited about that. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on it shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on it shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Now let's go back. And they saw him walk the streets of Galilee. But now he's the exalted one. Amen. So he says that though we once knew Christ after the flesh, but yet now henceforth know we him no more. So we're not, though we had seen him out, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, according to the outward appearance of his walkings upon the earth, but right now we don't know him like that anymore. We're looking at his, who he truly is. The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, which is what God the Father has made him. Glory be to God. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man, the word man here refers to mankind, whether it's male 
or females, so some people don't start running into inclusivity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Is he talking about the outward man? You know, remember, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. So I'm not looking at anybody according to their outward appearance. I'm looking, he's defining the inward man or describing the inward man. Praise the Lord Jesus. It says, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him. Now, the regular English will say, he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might, be, we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Remember that he was our substitute. Jesus was our substitute. What he did was a substitutionary sacrifice. He went there on our behalf in our name and went to jail in our name. He was killed in jail on our behalf. And he rose again. They took him to hell. They beat him. They did everything. Those things the Romans were doing to him were the price, was the price paid or were the price paid for you and I's deliverance and salvation. <laughs>